0: Hey, okay. Hey.
1: Oh, I was going to take over for the Brian Warner podcast. Uh, we Whoa. have a special privilege of Brian not MCing. This is Lindsay. <laughs> I will be getting Brian's story and asking him some questions on the hot seat today.
0: Plus, Gina is here. Hello. Great. Well.
1: So today's Valentine's Day.
0: Oh, awesome. Incredible, huh? Really?
1: Pretty special day.
0: It is. Yeah. Great. Really.
1: So um, Valentine's Day significance for you, Brian?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean the thing. I mean I feel like I'm just coming into a new era of my life. I can't say that I've decided to do this or it's on my own, but it's like the Lord is teaching me about love. And so that's Valentine's Day. The love, other, the yeah. other ec- epic thing is that I know you asked me this the other night. This is the anniversary of Sharon's death, my wife's death, two years ago. So Two years today. Today. Wow. It's like, and that was just huge. So for me. Sure. I know Charlie and Gina know this, but just huge. I thought I was a pastor, a psychotherapist, and at the time that we had the church, I prayed for a lot of... You know, people would call up and say, "You know, I heard somebody, you Brian or Peter or Ted, that you pray for dying people. So I would like you to come and pray for my wife or my daughter, my son, or whatever." I did that a lot, and it was kind of incredible. So I thought, "Well, gosh, Sharon. I I knew we knew Sharon was passing. The Lord was going to take her. I mean, for like a year and a half." And I thought, I would prepared myself, like, I'll I'll be able to deal with this, I'm strong. Sure, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, uh, I'll be able to deal with it. And sitting next to her holding her hand, and uh, I was crushed. Yeah. Crushed. That's hard. How long were you married? 55 years
1: yeah let's back this up a little bit i want to hear all about this from the beginning how did you and sharon meet
0: well kind of really amazing because i i love to ski my ambition when i got out of college was to be a ski instructor in the winter a pro and a golf pro in the summer and yeah it lasted one season (laughs) But, but um we were introduced by a Catholic priest friend. That's another whole story that's just totally amazing. But I was teaching skiing at Mount Snow, Vermont, and this woman comes skiing down, and I'm like, kind of shushes me, you know. And she was staying at the same place that we were staying at, and uh, that was it. Love at first sight. No, it really was. Yeah, that's it really awesome. Was. It was like, You know, I tell everybody, well, you know, we met each other, we were married in six months and and," six months.
1: And you lasted fifty five years.
0: Yeah. And Wow. But the real deal, I mean the real deal is what she she loved the Lord. She was a Christian. That was the real attraction. You know, she was a great skier. I mean, I used to go skiing madly in love in college and I would go skiing with these I won't say these women, but these and take them skiing, so thinking like this, oh, I'm going to teach them skiing. It's going to be so great. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd fall down and start to mind, oh, I don't feel good. Oh. And it's like all of a sudden, my heart turns off. Ooh. And I would be like, can you get a ride home? <laughs> 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 I mean, it was bad. Yeah. Was bad. I mean,
1: they so. just weren't the right ones, huh?
0: No. So, yeah. anyway.
1: So 55 years, what do you what do you think the secret to all that? I know you said God.
0: Well, you know, it was uh, after Susan died. I mean, I know that immediately part of mourning is all of a sudden realizing that you didn't do everything right. Well, that's why I was lost for quite a while. I mean, I'm still going through it, so. But, um the secret really was the Lord. We were separated for a while. I mean, I made some huge, huge mistakes when I when I had my therapy practice. So it was like, you know, huge blunders. Uh, but forgiveness. Oh my was gosh! The key. Unbelievable. And yeah. she had that in her. Oh my gosh.
2: Take your time, Brandon. It's cool
1: that we are getting you still in your raw emotion. <laughs> you know, you're still obviously working through things and I think this is really awesome for listeners to get the authentic
0: you know so when she died this is such an amazing story she great story um, she was on hospice care and you know we, we I knew she knew uh, we were at Tim and Cheryl's house at the time mm-hmm. and, and staying there and uh, they knew so, for about a year, a year and a half, she had what's called, what, the, the ancient name is Churg-Strauss Syndrome, and it's just like this, your, your body just breaks down. It's, it's a weird thing. Churg-Strauss Syndrome.
1: Churg-Strauss Syndrome. Yeah. I've never heard of that.
0: No, nobody has. You know, we'd go to the emergency room. She had her first stroke, went to, you know, they flew her to the emergency room, this famous hospital nobody knew what it was <laughs> I had to print it out on the computer and take it to them and then, of course they get all like, insulted and like oh my god but anyway I mean it was a long haul for about five years she was very very sick in and out of the hospital many many times emergency room uh, a lot of those were epic times hmm Epic. Epic. I mean, she, people would come up to her and just share their lives. And weird. I mean, I couldn't stand to go shopping with her.
1: <laughs> she you was know. a magnet.
0: Well, she was, you know. She was like, I, Sharon, come on, let's go. Oh, you wait in the car. I'll be out in a minute. So it's like.
1: <laughs> the good old minute.
0: <laughs> it's like. But. I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, because my thing was, you go in, you get to where you want, you get out. Sharon would go in, and people would come up to her and just start. She'd look right in their eye, and they'd just pour their hearts out. So it's like...
2: How selfless. Mm. Through all what she was going through, it never stopped... Never. Her from doing what God called her to do. Exactly. And I didn't get it,
0: I mean, at that time, but... She's in one of the times she was in the hospital, in Stafford Hospital, and uh, I, I walked into the hospital room, and she said, "I want uh, Brian. I want you to meet Sherry. This is a nurse." And, and I told her you'd be coming and you'd pray for her, and yeah. you know, same thing. Nurses would come in, some pour their hearts out, and so Sharon would be like, "Okay," prayed for her. Sharon, held her hands, and. When I left, Sharon was dismissed like a week later, and this nurse rolled her out. She she leaves and comes up, she throws her arms around me okay. and said, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for praying for me. Is that is that the healing touch? <laughs> no, the healing touch, I mean, they used to teach this in nursing school. Mm. You It know, doesn't do with God, just you touch. She said, Is this the healing touch? I said, Nope it's Jesus Christ <laughs> so, she, oh, so that happened all the time
1: so I know you said that you didn't realize what was going on back then what have you learned about those scenarios
0: <clears throat> well I really didn't totally I mean I was locked in the last five years I was locked into taking care of her a lot of times I was frustrated because I couldn't do what I wanted to do it was hard She had a lot of issues, some of it during COVID, and and I had to do stuff. Only doctors did. Wow. It was, I I thought it was frustrating. But actually, the Lord said, you know, like Charlie told me, like, put your big boy pants on. And... uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's not easy to do.
0: No. So people that, that, you know, people that... The tri sites and the company I work for often would ask me, How you doing, Brian? I said, Well, let me tell you, it's like, because they knew what was going on, it's like you're running a triathlon. The run portion is the last part of the race. You're supposed to run 10K, and you get to the 10K, and they change the finish line. Another 20K. Uh, hmm. And that's what it felt like. So, <clears>
1: the <throat> great analogy.
0: It was hard. But anyway, so let me get back to when, at the time she died, and, you know, the the nurse came to check her out. She'd been vomiting, couldn't hold down any food, and he told us, you know, well, this is close, because your intestines, nothing is working. And Sharon said, oh, thank you so much for coming. Mm. And four hours later she's gone but in that next two hours you know her conversation which is totally coherent incredible conversation you know it's like brian i thought i'd have much longer than this but it's okay i just you know i'm hugging her and she said you know i forgive you for everything And I knew. I mean, right then it was the Lord phew, talking to me through her and her and her heart. And she said, "I forgive you for everything." I said, "I know." Oh my gosh, thank you, Sharon. That's awesome. Then she said, "I'm so sorry to put you through this." Wow. Said it's okay. And she said, "I want <clears throat> you know I want you to take my ashes and." Take them up to the beach, Salisbury Beach, and put some of them there, and then bury me next to my mother and father. And over here, Newbury Park, I said, okay. So I'm just a basket case. She's telling me this. And she says, and also, you know, don't wear white socks to the funeral. I
2: love that. <laughs> I love that. And that's, again, so Sharon. It was... That was so Sharon oh my to gosh. say that.
0: And she said, Have sure, I'll give you a haircut.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On a lighter note, it's because Brian used to wear mismatched socks. Oh my
0: gosh. Lot. Oh my gosh. I was like, unbelievable. So, yeah.
2: So it was beautiful that she.
0: She was like, said that to you. I know. It's so amazing.
1: She was your wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> always, forever, truly. Oh my I mean, gosh! That's, oh my gosh! It's funny because you think about someone on their deathbed planning their husband's haircut and <laughs>
2: socks, but that is that is truly a nurture
0: care. That is a wi- oh, That is your twice. like oh your wife. Gosh. Absolutely. She, you know, I never totally appreciated it to be honest. I mean, I didn't, I didn't say I liked it, but when her dying words were that, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, And so, you know And she knew where she was going I mean, she knew she was going to be in the arms of the Lord Really Uh, She was amazing Amazing
2: She sounds wonderful She was very Funny
0: Her doctor, who she saw Hundreds of times uh, Apologized for not being able to come to the funeral, but wrote this poem for her. Sharon loved her, and she knit stuff for everybody in the office. And her, her doctor said, you know, the most joyous times for me were when Sharon came to visit. Oh, whew. Anyway, she had tons of friends. And so it was epic. Epic.
1: It's a great way to remember those moments by. Cause oh,
0: my gosh. I mean, I've never f- felt so close to the Lord and to and, and Really. But just broken. I mean, I was crushed. Not thinking it was going to affect me. And I was like, how could it not affect me? So. But in that
2: weakness, you're made perfect through him. Yeah. And he showed you that what forgiveness really was. I mean, I think you it, that took you to a whole different level Brian of Whew. understanding. What it feels like to truly be forgiven. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, really.
2: I can't even imagine.
1: So if you were to give one word to describe Sharon because the timing was epic, but overall one word to describe Sharon, what would you describe her
0: as? She was a holy lady. So that's two words, but she was really in the Lord, and you know, that's really hard to see, I mean, I, you know, your regrets are, oh my gosh, we really, I really didn't, didn't, didn't see everything or appreciate everything until near, you know, the last five years were like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, we used to spat and fight all the time, and, and there was never forgiveness, There's always trying to make yourself right, you know, through the argument. And that would happen. And within seconds, it's like you feel the intense separation and guilt. And it's like, I'm so sorry. Wow. So.
1: Do you think that was one of God's greatest lessons?
0: Oh, yes. In your life? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. So the thing that's happened. and I wrote this on my Facebook page. I mean, I feel like the Lord has given me a new life. Super cool. Mm. And I've kind of, I mean, that spirit that was on Sharon, it's like, I've kind of inherited that. It's like, I mean, I used to be a therapist, and i never had an interest, deep, loving interest in people like what's happened to me. People have just become incredible to me. Mm. And their stories hearing them and seeing the Lord working in their life and they're being transparent and sharing Sharon. sharing all of that is to me the most amazing thing you know really amazing.
1: So what would you if you were to see Sharon tomorrow, what would you want to catch her up on in the man that you're
0: becoming? What do you? I don't think she needs to be caught up on to tell you the truth. No, I don't think she has. <laughs> <laughs> She's already knows what's going well, on. She knows what's going on. I mean, for a long time, and during, like, for an instance, this is kind of dumb, but it's not dumb. Every year during triathlons, you like good weather, sunny, beautiful, etc. I mean, that's the only thing that counts for good triathlons. Uh, the years before that, half half of them out of the fifty would be rain. The year after she died, not. One triathlon that wasn't sunny and beautiful. So, I mean, I never told anybody because it's it's kind of weird. But I'm like, does Sharon have a voice up there? It's like, I think she does. Yeah? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So, anyway, pretty neat. That is neat. Anyway.
1: Definitely not dumb by any stretch. No,
0: no, no. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I look at our life together as, I mean, you read scripture about, you know, you're released when the spouse dies or leaves or whatever. It's like, oh my gosh, I mean, I look at our life together as sacred. Mm-hmm. Sacred. And just now coming into trying to deal with how this whole issue of touch, you know, for the last 10 years, 11 years... Because she really was sick before she got diagnosed and never touching each other. That sounds weird, doesn't it? And oh. so all of a sudden, it's like this has become kind of the new thing for me That that's another whole <laughs> story.
1: Do you want to touch on it or you want to save that for another, I another podcast? Save it for another okay. time, But
0: all I know is this that. That there's their there listeners talked about healing touch, but there is a touch of Christ and love. You know, the disciples laid hands on people, Christ mm-hmm. laid hands on, and what? Well, so, what? No, my gosh. There's a level of intimacy and affection and love, that vulnerability. Happens. Yes. Rediscovering that. That's like a new chapter. That'll be another whole...
1: <laughs> That'll be a, an entire podcast, I'm sure.
0: Oh, yeah, really. I mean, when I was doing graduate work, I mean, I studied. Studied all kinds of stuff. But as it was during the early 70s, and that's a weird. you know, It was a strange time. I studied massage, different types of massage. When I had the psychotherapy practice, I'm, and, but this was after I was really turned around. I mean, I told you before, I mean, laying hands on someone or on... Doing a face massage and and really affectionately and praying for them. It's like huge.
1: What was the scripture that we read, my neighbor earlier? I forget which one it was, but it was something about your temple is. It might have been your, will you. Well, you passed me that name book, Brian. I think it might have been the scripture f- for you. It might have been, but it was something about our temples being from Christ. Yes. So we have this name book. It is over 10,000 names, their meanings, origins, and spiritual significance. And we were just talking about this earlier. Yeah. That, yep, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Yes. So it makes sense with your touch.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, really. So I mean, I have just huge, great stories of praying for people with my hands on their face. You know, you're down. We're like one example. I was doing a class, and uh friend's wife, assistant pastor's wife, was going in for surgery for sinus. That's a heavy-duty surgery. So right, right, right in the class, I... Uh, time out.
1: <laughs> Does this thing have a pause button?
0: No, I can just edit oh, that. Out. okay. So during the class, you know, I put my hands on her face and prayed. And sinus is totally clear. Immediately? Immediately. Wow. So. Uh,
1: that is so cool. You no, know, it really is. No,
0: it's like, it's really powerful. No, I have so many stories. Oh, my gosh.
1: I would love, I can't wait for you to do that to my face. Oh, my
0: gosh. Oh, well, my gosh, Lindsay. So I've been thinking about that for ever since I left here the last time really yeah, I told Charlie it's like the lord puts this stuff on my heart and I get locked in it's like oh my gosh I got to get rid of that thought well you can't <laughs>
1: <laughs> you must do it and then the thought will be gone
0: <laughs> right right so
1: yeah. yeah very cool should we do it live on the podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> very funny so yeah so the the whole podcast thing is like I felt like before Sharon got really sick, like when I was going to do a podcast, mm-hmm. and I had I had it all planned out. I had the schedule. I had <laughs> people were ready. I mean, it, they were mostly work friends and other friends on Facebook, and you know, they were saying, "Oh my gosh, Brian, bring it on!" Bring it on. And then Sharon got really sick, and it's like,
1: but timing, yes because now you have the genuine interest of people. Oh and I, I feel like these podcasts are very genuine. I'm sure they would have been genuine before, but now it's coming from a place of
0: love. So there's so many stories, you know, that, that you know, I thought, oh my gosh, all these miracles are happening and healings are happening and people are going to be transformed. No. No? No. No, I mean, I had instances where there were really incredible things, and nobody believed it. <laughs> and so, I'm, you know, I'm learning it's not just the acts. It's not just, you can have all kinds of miracles and healings, and uh, you can have all that if you don't have the love of the Lord and have that working through you.
1: True. <laughs> mm-hmm. Genuine love of the Lord for sure. Exactly.
0: For sure. Exactly right. I mean, it's a little bit disconcerting for people that when you meet them or talk to them and you know, you're showing really it just comes out just real affection. I mean you, you see their life and you know what's going on and they get
1: That's a gift that you have for sure.
0: Yeah. They get some become very open because they want that. And others just close off even more hmm. and get closed. So it's weird.
1: What makes them close off, do you think?
0: Well, I've done a lot of stories. I mean, I've, I have a friend that lives around here. I want to use his name. Great guy. And we were, he asked me over to pray for his mother, who was very sick. Mm-hmm ready to be taken by ambulance to the emergency room. Wow. His father was there, so we walked in. She was on the couch, out of it, prayed for her. Boom. She gets up. (laughs) What? Yeah, now she gets up, and and his father just started to cry. Amazing. Amazing. I walked outside down the pathway of their house and he comes running after me and said, Brian, I I can't deal this. I can't have a relationship with God. After we saw this healing miracle, he said, I can't have a relationship with God because of my past. Oh. So uh, but that's everybody's feeling, you know, they don't know the
1: incredible love. Forgiveness again.
0: (laughs) The whole story. So yeah. it's, you know, and that I think that happens a lot for people. So
1: and that's sad.
0: It's very sad.
1: Yeah, there's a good song called "Fear Is a Liar."
0: Exactly right. It's
1: exactly point in case.
0: Exactly right. Exactly right.
1: <laughs> Anything else? Any? What else should we talk about here?
0: I don't know. I mean, I think they're they're. I mean, you can go to my—I developed a web page <clears> that's <throat> kind of a synopsis of the journal. I wrote a book in a journal of all the stuff, of of all the healings and miracles and how the Lord's interacted with me. And it was really—actually, it was actually, I mean, I think I was sharing with you before, it was uh, disconcerting. I don't know whether that's the right word, thinking that God— has blessed me so much, you know. I tell people I never earned anything. I mean, everything I have, I've been given. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I there are no bragging rights. There, there's nothing. You know, I, the, the last my brother, I have an older brother who said, "How come I didn't get any of this?" And I said, "Scott, I don't know." Anyway. The you know, the only other part that that kind of my seventh career now is podcasting and telling the story. But the whole role of the gifts of the Spirit and what that is and how the church is totally missing out and the role of the prophetic and
1: the role of the prophetic. Yes. Do you tell more?
0: You know, if you read the New Testament or the Corinthians or whatever you know you want to read, it was Paul's encouraging the church and people to pursue eagerly pursue the prophetic gift, which is
2: hmm.
0: wasn't healing. <laughs> it was eagerly discern, pursue the prophetic and and
1: what was the reasoning for eagerly pursuing it? Did he have one, or it was just felt
0: Know, today, it just didn't say pursue it. It just didn't say be eager for it. Eagerly pursue. I mean, you go after.
1: Those are heavy words to exactly have together. Exactly right.
0: Exactly right. So, from the time I started planning the church, I, the Lord has put that on my heart. Hmm. And just oh, incredible stories. So, Do I mean, you? I was introduced to the prophetic through John Paul Jackson. He was one of the famous Kansas City prophets that went to California, but to be under John Wimber. But so Sharon and I—I mean, how much time do we have, Lindsay? Okay. So you know, you—you—I didn't. I've never met anyone in the past couple of years with this since this new awareness. Have met people that do not have a prophetic gifting. You're one of them. (laughs) <laughs> so so I mean the, the predicate thing I mean is the word of knowledge word of wisdom and it's like you know you're reading people's mail and you know you see their whole life and I mean it makes you love them even more when you see sure, the dynamic yeah. of what's going on and so <clears throat> when this was all introduced to, to the vineyard through Kansas City Fellowship 85 86 uh, 87 uh, I had no idea what that was Our group was already meeting. I I was asked by John Wimber, the head of the church. He sent over there and said, said I should be a vineyard pastor. I had no inkling. I had no inkling at all of wanting to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. There was a whole vineyard church planner training program. Sharon and I got involved in, traveled all over the country. It was great. And eventually, decided, okay, I, Ken Gulickson was another founder, who was a friend, and I uh, eventually called him and said, Ken, you know, I, I don't feel like I could plant a church right away. I need some training. I mean, so he we said, well, come out here, do whatever. So Sharon and I agreed we would sell the house. She would stay and sell the house, which is another impossible story. <laughs> and I left for California and met, met Ken, and this is kind of a great story. So we, we were good friends we went out to lunch and he said, Brian, what you need is to know the land of your anointing. I'm like, what? What is this gibberish? What are you talking about? And he said, well, this guy, John Paul Jackson just came from Kansas City and I'm gonna call. We're gonna make an appointment Monday. This is on a Friday. We're gonna make an appointment Monday. This is crazy. <laughs> Somebody's going to tell me in the land of mine. What is this? You know, I'm, I thought it really thought it was gibberish. So,
1: where you? I think it's. I would feel like I would react like that's super cool. Did you? Were you just? Well, t-
0: well the truth is that you know these guys being introduced to the venue was causing a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, people, a lot of conflict, a lot of big issues which I wasn't aware of at the time, but for me it was an issue. And, I mean, I had my life planned out. I mean, I... Sure. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> I don't need any prophetic person telling me where I should be. Anyway, so... Hmm. So here's, the, here's the, just the most awesome God story. The night before we were to meet, I was a wreck. I mean, I was, I was a wreck. I had to be honest. I said, Lord, please, this, please let me dream. I have this night vision of this. It's a dream, night but real, Mm -hmm. of a lamb being born. Oh, it was incredible. And it's born. It gets up on its feet and starts jumping around right away. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. And then I had another dream skiing. I'm skiing down this steep hill, a lot of moguls jumps, great fun. Get down to the bottom. There's no lift out. I have to climb out of this steep valley. Anyway, so I woke up. And, you know, and you think about this, you know, years later, well, this could be an exaggeration or not half the truth or whatever, but this is like so exact when the Lord puts it on your mind. And um, I had my hand on the doorknob of the hotel room leaving and, and to go meet the meeting and just this thought comes into my mind, Lord if you have anything to say to me through this guy let him use the image of the dream you know, the being born. I thought the ski dream was just fun <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know I mean that wasn't my generated thought, I didn't I thought it was at the time, so we get to the meeting meet John Paul, talk great guy five, ten minutes we're just chit-chatting, and all of a sudden, it's like, he goes into fourth gear. Mm-hmm. And I um, said, you know, over the weekend, I've had these remembrances, thoughts about my being in New Hampshire, just over the border, praying with a friend that the Lord would raise up a people here that would worship him <laughs> with their whole heart, soul, and mind. He said, I had that at three different times. The Lord gave it to me. And he looks at me and he said, Brian, he said, this is for you. Wow. He said, You know, the Lord's calling you to be released right now to raise up a church. Uh, it's going to raise up, it's going to rise up just like a lamb being born.
2: <sighs> but
0: I'm um, oh.
2: <laughs> right. That's cool. Meanwhile, well, you're on, you're undone on by now.
0: Oh my gosh! I mean, it's going to be up and rising and jumping right away. You know. I mean, I heard that, and it's like, you, I mean, when a wave of God comes over you, you know, you just I was gone. Mm-hmm. I was gone, and Ken and he they're kind of chuckling at my. I thought I was going to pass out. And... <laughs> And Kent's telling him, "Well, John Paul, he's coming out here for, the tra- for some training. Then he's gonna, you know, he's we're, he's gonna find his place." He said.
1: You were planning to move to California. Yeah. Right. Okay.
0: And and John Paul says, uh, "Well, it'd probably be great fun for him to come out here." He said, "But it's going to be a long climb out of the valley."
1: <laughs> Just like dream number two. <laughs> wow.
0: So they didn't. I, they didn't know anything about the dreams. I was too lost. I was gone. I, I went back to the hotel, checked out. Every 23 minutes, I would collapse.
1: <sighs> Every 23 minutes?
0: I would collapse, weeping, thinking about, you know. Got to the airport, called Sharon on the phone to learn what had happened. We were to plant the church where we were, and Sharon just starts crying. She says, I knew it. She says, I knew that all the time. Wow. <laughs> so incredible. Yeah. So it was amazing. After that, you know, we uh, we became good friends with John Paul. You know, the other epic story that was the beginning of the prophetic. You know, we planted the church. We had our first conference with John Paul. It was awesome. The the church actually started. Uh we had a group for a long time but the church started in the spring when lambs are born. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course. Just like the sunny running. triathlon days.
0: Up and running right away. Yep. And um, so John Paul came to the conference. So we we planned it for about a year. And, and one night I'm sitting at my desk in Salisbury. The Lord impresses on me, I'm going to give you a sign in the heavens for how pleased I am with what you're doing. I'm like, what the heck? You know, it's, I really... I didn't believe it, but we were going to a meeting the next day with a bunch of guys and with Peter in the van. And I said, you know, I'm doing work last night, and I thought the Lord spoke to me that he's going to give a sign in the heavens about how pleased he is with what we're doing with the conference. They're like, yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, we had this conference. There were about 30, 35 pastors from all over the North Shore that came, that I invited to talk to. Catholic priest and at the time he's the guy that had the big charismatic ministry on the radio in Boston anyway so they all came menons, all different people anyway and it was just amazing a lot of people saved all these pastors just got ministered to in the prophetic it was epic it was epic, (laughs) no it was epic you know and Sharon and I just sat in the back like Thank you, Lord. So, yeah, so much happened. It was incredible.
2: And what was the sign in the... So
0: we're leaving, and and Doug says, you know, I'd forgotten all about it. Doug says, Brian, look, there's this huge comet that hadn't been seen in 2,000 years.
2: No, that is cool. It was awesome to see that comet. I mean, It it was
0: so visible. Oh, my gosh, it was like... Hadn't been seen in 2,000 years, and the, the most visible time was right at that weekend that we had the conference over in North America.
1: <laughs> timing. God's <laughs> I mean, perfect
2: timing. It was like...
0: Meant to be. Yeah, it's just huge. Okay, so anyway, that's kind of the deal. And since, since then, it's like the power of that gift, and people... And The church needs to be eagerly pursued. So,
1: I got two questions. Yes. The first one is Are you prophetic? Would you consider your
0: gift prophetic? A lot of people think I am. I mean, I've been told I'm, you know, I'm prophet for the church. I, I don't know. I don't think so. But I do have this ability to see people's lives. I mean, even before I was kind of radically saved, which is another story. I mean, I knew God had given me this gift to see conflicts in people's lives, you know? Mm-hmm. So That's cool. It made me really effective as a psychotherapist. just, bang, <laughs> it's right there. And mm-hmm. so um, nothing in the natural that can do that. So anyway.
1: Second question. Yes. Is your land of anointing, do you have... You've—it seems like you've had a lot of radical things happen here. Are you done? Is—is is this location done, or what are your no, thoughts? It could
0: never be done, and I really don't know. I mean, I—all I, I know—is you know. After Sharon died, the first my first place of retreat was coming up here. The minute I crossed the New York State border to Massachusetts, I felt this. You felt the peace again. Exactly. Just washed over it. Wow. Walked into Charlie and Gina's house and like, oh my God. You know, so I hadn't thought about it for a long time. So triathlon season (laughs) is starting April 1st. And, you know, people are excited about it. And we'll, you know, see what happens. But I am... I can't say, I, I. actually, I'm totally open. I can't say, oh my gosh, yes, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that.
1: You're just here and ready.
0: I'm here. You know, I know all I do is, I have to keep myself busy. I'm like Charlie. It's mm-hmm. like, you can't sit down. Mm-hmm. You know, when I sit down, all I do is think about all of this stuff. You know, I'm really thinking. I need to be out there sharing the word. I mean... Absolutely, word.
1: and interacting with people. I oh my just gosh. from what I've seen in the short stint that I've, oh you know, gosh. gotten to hang out What's with it? you, you What's really connect deep with people and touch their lives.
0: It's like Absolutely. incredible, incredible words. You know, I did the whole thing about the Word of God. That's I, mean, mm-hmm. I know it's in me. Very cool. It's got to get out. <laughs> it does definitely so. Yeah. Okay. So that's great.
1: Awesome and what a special day. And I mean, truthfully, I'm I'm so honored and privileged to have oh gotten to be oh your gosh. podcast interviewer on the anniversary of Sharon's passing and
0: oh my getting
1: to you know, sit here with you two years later while you're still in your healing and yeah, being really. so open and vulnerable. So thank you and well done.
0: You know, the other thing that's so amazing about John Paul's gift and all of their all of the great prophetic gifts and the leaders I've known hugely gifted, hugely broken.
1: Mm-hmm. That's another podcast. That's tradition. hugely gifted, hugely broken.
0: Yes, yes. Great title. Yeah. Really. So the other thing is, um, I mean, for both of you, I mean, super gifted people that are like. Wow! Thanks. No, really. <laughs> Thank so, to me, it's just great. It's great.
2: It is. It's pretty neat.
0: It is. I mean, this stuff is blown up in my life. I mean, the Lord has mm-hmm. So.
2: Absolutely, and can't wait to see the next chapter.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: The journey. Yeah, all these con- all these new connections in your
1: new life.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Brian 2.0. <laughs> oh,
0: really? <laughs> well, you know it's Phil Zaldotti. Mm-hmm. You know that Sharon died. I was up here for the funeral. Charlie and Gina, Tom, were just so awesome. Charlie did the service, and uh, but Phil Zaldotti called, got connected, called and talked me on the phone. He's
2: he studied under John Paul for a yeah. number of years.
0: Yes, and called and said Brian the Lord is giving you a new life. I'm like, oh my God. So really, yes. Mm. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's super cool. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Just amazing. I was telling Charlie before, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm like, what the heck happened to that 39-year-old <laughs> guy that used to ski and rock climb and do triathlons? So I was like,
1: Still killing the game, Brian. Age is just a number.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right.
1: Absolutely. Well, this was great. And I'd love to do more interviews on all these other different topics. So, some follow ons.
0: Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you. Really, thank you both.
1: You're very welcome. Our pleasure. Yeah, our pleasure.
0: Awesome.